plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, hello, Power Partners. It's our informational playground. It's Wednesday, 4 p.m. Pacific. That means it's star style time. Welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're brought to the airwaves under Be the Star You Are charity. And we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm always happy to be with you every single week. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be the Star You Are charity. You can visit Be the Star You Are at bethestarur.org. Even though the charity is not having any in-person events and probably won't for another year. We are still working full force on doing lots of book reviews. We have our teen radio show and we're doing disaster relief and all kinds of other things to help the community and the world. So visit bethestarur.org. This is from John Steinbeck, um, who wrote right here in California. It is a common experience that a problem difficult at night is resolved in the morning after the Committee of Sleep has worked on it. And I don't know about you, but I have found that to be so incredibly true. Whenever I have an article due or I have a speech to make or something important, I sleep on it. So even when I'm offered, you know, some kind of great job, it sounds great, or maybe not something that's not offered that doesn't sound so great, I always say, let me sleep on it because. Somehow all those committees, the little angels, the fairies, whatever they are that come in your sleep, they give me the answer and the next day it's always better. So I recommend it for you too. Well, we have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about health at home, the vaccine rollout as well as we go into the garden, because you know that is my favorite place. And February is American Health Month. It is also Black History Month. And it also celebrates two significant holidays, Valentine's Day and President's Day. So American Heart Month obviously is encouraging us to take care of our hearts by motivating us to adopt healthy lifestyles to prevent heart disease, which we always try to give you some tips here on this show to live a healthy life. And Black History Month began in 1926 to celebrate Negro History Week. And it was rather interesting because it was a historian and scholar, Carter G. Woodson, He actually chose February 7th to be the first celebration of the Negro History Week. And it was because the birthdays of both Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass, two Americans who shaped African-American history in the U.S., of course, um, Lincoln's fell on February 12th 
and Frederick Douglass on February 14th, which is also Valentine's Day. And then in uh, 1976, President Gerald Ford officially recognized the entire month of February as Black History Month. And uh, besides the United States, Brazil, Canada, Colombia, Ireland, the Netherlands, and the UK have annual celebrations that commemorate Black history. And of course, in this year where Black Life Matters has risen to the forefront, it is um, apropos. And you can certainly see that if you're tuning in or streaming any TV shows or movies now, there's definitely a lot of Black content. Also, President's Day uh, was originally established in 1885 to recognize George Washington, uh, but since 1971's Uniform Monday Holiday Act, they made it a three-day weekend honoring all presidents. And it used to be that President uh, Washington's uh, birthday as well as Lincoln's birthdays were day off schools. And now they just do a one day and make it a three-day weekend. And then, of course, Valentine's Day is coming up. Uh, it's the third century roots are in the Roman Empire, and it is emboldening us to share the love. It was from the Roman festival of Lupercala, which that was a pagan festival, by the way. It celebrated the coming of spring and included fertility rites, and it, the activities morphed into a minor Western Christian feast day honoring the Christian martyr named St. Valentine. And, of course, today it is a commercial celebration of affection, love, and romance. But, you know, uh, if you turn to the ancient Greeks, they had some pretty modern ideas. The Greeks believed there were seven types of love. Eros was a passionate love, the kind inflicted with Cupid's arrow. Uh, philia, that, and you probably we know what that means. The translation is like BFFs. It was the friendship love. Storge was a natural fondness stemming from the famili familiarity or dependency as within a family. Then agape is a selfless love, and that is expressed through charity and altruism. Ludus was that playful love, you know, flirting, teasing, and pragma, as it suggests, was that pragmatic love based on common goals. And then there was fellatia, self-love, and that is the modest amount is healthy. But when you get too much, of course, then that makes you a narcissist, and then that is not love at all. So the point is that love is more than just the romantic version, and it is very relevant in February when we celebrate. So hopefully everyone will plan on some simple acts of love because they can go a long way in helping those who are weary and weathered from the struggles of this past year. And I know that everybody is, so you can think about what can you do um, this month to help people to have more love in their life? Now, what I want to talk about in today's show um, was talking about health at home and how we can take care of our health. So because of COVID-19, a lot of people don't want to go to the doctor, but you still got to stay on top of things. So the pandemic has really dealt a real powerful punch to preventative care. It's delayed everything from cancer screenings to teeth cleaning. And I, I know for myself, I didn't even want to go, and I love getting my teeth cleaned every three months 
because I really like smiling and I want to keep my teeth in a good shape. Um, but I was afraid to go just because of the pandemic. But the good news is that there are a lot of proactive steps patients can take to stay on top of their health risks and their concerns without leaving home. So the virtual consultations are now being covered by both public and private health plans. And I know for me, um, I was scheduled like in December for my annual you know, just general health checkup, which I normally go to and you get your, you know, you get your heart rate um, checked and your blood pressure and you have all these blood tests and you do a urine test and they me- they measure you and take your weight and check your ears and your eyes and all that. But this year I did it virtually by a Zoom call and it was great. I mean, obviously I didn't get a lot of the things done, but I guess you could tell that I've seemed pretty healthy. So home monitoring and testing devices, they can also help manage any chronic conditions and determine whether there's a concern that might require an in-person visit. And depending on your personal risk factors, maybe it's okay to delay some screening tests. Like I didn't do an in-person health check because I feel pretty healthy. But just so people know, that the most um, medical professionals, I think probably all of them, they have taken really strict um, protocols to have all the PPE necessary. And I know just to go get my teeth cleaned, I had to wait in my car until it was my turn. Then the assistant came out, took my temperature. She was wearing gloves, a mask, and a shield. Um, uh, Everybody had to wear a mask. There's nobody in a waiting room. Um, they sprayed my hands to make sure that they're clean. I had to gargle with a special gargle for, what was it, like 40 seconds. And then everybody had special gowns on. And again, you know, the mask, the shields, the gloves, uh, headpieces. So you felt really pretty safe in there. And they're wiping down everything. So I think you're Risks are pretty low when you do go to a professional. But there are some screenings that are very important. So if you need a cancer screening, for example, you really want to follow the screening guidelines of American Cancer Society. One example is a colonoscopy. Those have dropped dramatically during the pandemic. And they are considered actually the gold standard for detecting colon cancer So if you are having any gastroenterology type of issues, it's really um, important that you speak with your doctor. And then know, again, that the measures and additional personal protective equipment for clinicians um, are in place. Now, if you just have an average risk and no symptoms, maybe you want to use an at-home kit that enables you to collect your own samples for analysis by labs that can just be sent in the mail. Otherwise, um, you may have to go in. And the American Cancer Society for women age 55 and older who have had a normal mammogram within the past year, they could choose to wait for 24 months Um, And this is to screen for breast cancer. But if you have a lot in your family, you really want to make sure that you take care of that. Now, skin care is another one. Dermatologists are using more virtual and video consults and shared digital photos to determine when something is worrisome for an in-person visit. And if you need to screen for skin cancer, um, it isn't necessary for someone without risk factors or symptoms to come in just for a checkup. But 
An in-person visit is important if you are at a higher risk or you're a patient that has had a history of melanoma. Now, another one is mental health. You know, so many people have been suffering from depression and other mental health issues, you know, anxiety, substance abuse. Video consults can offer effective ways to stay in close contact with a mental health professional. And despite some reluctance on the part of clinicians and patients to use the technology, the pandemic has really forced people to start embracing telehealth. And you can realize that these can be very efficient and they can be impactful visits. So don't shy away from them. And then finally, don't forget there are some at-home monitors that um, and maybe testing kits that might make it easier to self-manage certain diseases like high blood pressure, or diabetes. So ask your physician about these things. Uh, if you are afraid to visit a physician for preventative care, I mean, the good news is, is that patients can take care of their health at home with virtual consultations, home monitoring, and testing devices. And I believe that probably after um, the pandemic is over and are under control is that insurance is probably going to continue paying for these kind of visits because they have found them to be extremely, extremely effective. So uh, when we come back from break, we'll talk about some vaccine rollout how to beat COVID this year, and how vaccines are bringing the promise of an end to the coronavirus pandemic, and what you need to know and what you need to do to protect yourself in the weeks and months ahead. Well, I'll just bring you the latest news as of uh, that is currently available, and hopefully this will help you make the decisions on getting a vaccine or not getting a vaccine and knowing what is coming up. You are listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, I want you to have uh, power and purpose and possibilities. So this is why we're going to talk about a little bit about the vaccine, because since the very first days of the coronavirus, when everybody had to go and shelter in place and everything shut down, and I know not all states were like that, but California was definitely um, boxed in for sure. And we were all asking, when is there going to be a vaccine and how fast will it be? And then, of course, um, at the end of December, both Pfizer and Moderna had been authorized for emergency use. And there are other vaccines that have applied for different approaches to neutering the COVID-19. They're moving quickly through testing and authorization, but through U.S. Drug and um, Food and Drug Administration, but they're not here yet. But... Um, Fortunately, the Moderna and the Pfizer are here. There's probably not enough yet, but at least some of it is. So does this mean that we can start living our regular pre-pandemic lives again once you get vaccinated? And the answer is, unfortunately, no, because the vaccine is going to be the first chapter in the end game, um, but it's not going to be the end game itself. From what the medical professionals and the scientists are saying is that we're going to need up to 80% of the U.S. population to get the vaccine, and that could take over a year, and that's to get that herd immunity before we're going to be able to be going back to um, a pre-pandemic lifestyle. So we're definitely looking at 2022, but... um, As far as changing your personal safety behavior, again, we're not going to be able to change it for quite a long time. So, and and there's a lot of people that don't want to get the vaccine either. And of course, you know, there's pros and cons for everything. But to help you navigate the months ahead, these are some answers to some questions about the vaccine, plus the latest on the COVID-19 prevention methods. And of course, as always, talk to your doctor about anything that you have questions about. Now, you've probably been seeing on the news, I just was um, watching today on different different channels, the new, in, and this is, they've been saying it for a few weeks, but they really are in, not just encouraging it. I don't want to say mandating it, but... Um, they well, they really want you to do this is to wear two masks now as not as opposed to one because it's going to filter out more of the virus, especially since that there are three new variants that have come in, one from South Africa, one from the UK, and one from Brazil. And evidently the one from the UK could be the most contagious for us at the moment, and it is here. So When are you going to be able to get the vaccine? Well, you may not know actually for several months, but you do need to check with your county, your county health system. You can actually register at county health systems like here where I am. We go to uh, the countyhealth.org and they tell you how to register to get the vaccine so that when it's your turn, when your age group comes up or your, um, the, the group that would be the most, you know, the most important for you, 
that you will be contacted. So hopefully by June, most people will be able to get the vaccine because the first thing is the supply. Pfizer has enough vaccine to inoculate 50 million Americans, which each person getting two doses 21 days apart. Now, Moderna has contracted with the U.S. government for 200 million doses, and another 100 million uh, people will be getting two shots 28 days apart. So that 200 million is divided in half uh, because you have to have two, two shots. Now, there was speculation going around oh, a month ago, well, maybe you should give everybody one shot, but it's really only about 50% effective that way. So that's really not enough to change the direction of the pandemic. Because of that, vaccinating the population is going to happen in three phases. Phase one is the limited doses are available. Um, that's kind of where we are now. This is the highest risk people, healthcare workers, nursing home staff, and residents get the vaccine as well as um, firefighters and uh, first responders, people who are right in the mix of it all the time. The second dose is large number of doses will be available, and that's still favoring the high-risk populations with the masses that start getting their shots at places like um, clinics and pharmacies and community centers. I know what's happening here, again, I'll just speak about our area, is they're actually doing it at community colleges and um and down in Southern California, they have sports arenas that they have opened up and they're giving the shots there. And then phase three, that's when there'll be sufficient vaccine supply. And everyone during phase three will have open access to the vaccine. The problem is, is that nobody really knows when they're going to move from phase one through phase three or whether the timing of those phases will vary by state. As for where you fall in the pecking order, the decisions are going to be made by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention along with the state. And of course, if you're in a tribal area or your local government. And as of, um, as of right now, there's another reason that we need to keep those safety measures in place until the vast majority of the people are vaccinated. So for right now, people that are 65 and over are able to get the vaccine in, um, mostly here in California, although I was talking to some of my friends who live in Europe, and there, there's still like at 80 people who are 85 or older that are getting the vaccine. So, you know, it depends where you are in the world, when it's going to happen. And here in the United States, it's really a state by state. So the first people to take the vaccines in clinical trials, they did it only last September. So we're not going to really know until next September if full protection lasts a year. They don't know whether we're going to have to have a booster um, coming up, or maybe even a booster now that there's these extra variants. And the, both the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines essentially teach your body how to react to the specific proteins in the coronavirus. They don't have any live virus in them. But different people are going to respond to the vaccines with different levels of effectiveness. And we still don't know what that effectiveness is going to guarantee in, protect, in protection. I've talked to a couple of firefighters who have um, 
have gotten their vaccine and one physician, an emergency room physician that I know, got his second dose of Moderna. The first dose was fine, a little bit of a sore arm, no big deal, less than the flu. But the second dose made him really sick for about 48 hours. You know, the chills, um, hot and cold, fever, aches, all of that. So, but at least you know that that's a possibility and um, it's going to be over within 48 hours. It's nothing you have to go to the doctor for. Now, should you take any precautions such as pain relievers before getting your shot? The advice is no. Mild pain, muscle aches, chills, and swelling at the injection site are going to be normal reactions to the vaccine, and it's actually a sign that your immune system is kicking into gear. And there are studies that are indicating that fever-reducing medicines like aspirin or acetaphetamin or ibuprofen will reduce the effectiveness of vaccines because it'll interfere with the immune response, meaning you may be left with fewer than optimal antibodies. So... The recommendation is avoid any anti-fever drugs around the time of your vaccination and um, wait until six hours after you've had a shot to take any kind of painkiller and if possible, don't take any at all. Now, should you uh, worry about allergic reactions? Well, they're saying no, not unless you've had a history of anaphylaxis, which is a severe form of an allergic reaction. And if you want to hear a very good interview, uh, tune in to Express Yourself Teen Radio when they talk about allergies and food allergies and anaphylaxis. Now, the British government issued a warning that people with a history of anaphylactic reaction to food, to drugs, or to vaccines should not take the Pfizer vaccine. They didn't mention the Moderna one, but at this point they're saying don't take the Pfizer. Now, anaphylaxis only affects about 5% of the population, and it usually occurs within minutes to a half an hour after eating something like peanuts, you know, or any kind of of tree nut, sometimes it's eggs or milk, or getting a vaccination. The symptoms include hives, swelling of the mucous membranes of the mouth. Um, Sometimes your tongue swells, you get difficulty breathing, you get a drop in blood pressure, and you could go into shock. Uh, One of the things they do when you get your vaccine is they put you into a waiting area where there is a... uh, a medical professional, and they monitor you. If you have any symptoms within 15 minutes, you will be taken care of immediately. And if you have no symptoms, then you'll be able to go home. Um, Do you have a choice about which vaccine to get? And should you wait for the most effective one? I know some people are trying to wait for the single dose that will be coming out soon from Johnson & Johnson. However, you probably shouldn't wait. You should just get the vaccine because you're not going to have a choice. In our area right now, it's the Moderna. You don't have a choice to get Pfizer. But different areas of the country may get different vaccines. Rural communities, for example, might not have the facilities to store the Pfizer vaccine because it has to be kept at 103 degrees um, minus 103 degrees Fahrenheit. So they might get the vac- uh, the Moderna vaccine, which doesn't require such an extreme temperature. That might be why uh, that um, in our area, they're able to do it at community centers and at colleges and sports facilities. Now, 
a lot of people are wondering, should they be hesitant to get the vaccine because it was created so quickly? Originally, I was thinking I would be hesitant, but now Absolutely not. Now I really feel it's necessary to get it. But there were more than 73,000 people who participated in both the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine clinical trials, and neither st uh, study showed any serious safety concerns. And a lot of that is because they have known about coronaviruses for such a long time and making vaccines for flus. So there's a reason we were able to get the vaccine so fast because they threw a lot of money at the problem and it, they didn't cut corners. The process hasn't been changed. It hasn't been compressed. They just stepped up and paid the, paid the, paid the money and got the fastest vaccines they could. How long after the first vaccine dose do you begin developing immunity and how safe will you be? Well, the Pfizer vaccine is shown to be only 52% effective 21 days after the first day, uh, first dose. That's not extremely effective. It's not so safe. So you definitely need to get both doses, and then that should get you up to the 95% effective threshold that was found in the clinical trials by both Pfizer and Moderna. And you have to be patient about it. The vaccines were found to attain effective levels 21 days after each dose of Pfizer, but for Moderna, it's 28 days. So you have to consider yourself still fully at risk until the 21 days for Pfizer, 28 days. So figure a month for Moderna. And, you know, when you get your vaccine, they'll give you some instructions. Now, once you're fully vaccinated, people ask, well, can I go back to normal life? And the answer is no, N-O. Everyone vaccinated or not needs to continue all the current recommendations regarding social distancing, wearing a mask, and avoiding travel. And this is because up to 10% of vaccinated individuals won't be protected from getting COVID-19. Um, and because of reinfection, while uncommon, they can still occur. And the vaccine itself doesn't prevent you from contracting the virus. It simply prepares your body to mount a vigorous defense so that if you do become infected, the resulting illness is going to be far less likely to be life-threatening. In other words, hopefully you don't end up in the hospital, you don't end up in a with a ventilator, and you don't end up dead. But you could still get pretty sick. So that's why the key here is to reach the point where 80% of the population has been inoculated. That seems to be the magic number. All the um, head scientists and doctors say that because that's herd immunity when you get enough people with antibodies that won't perpetuate the disease. And when new cases of COVID-19 decline in the community, Officials will issue recommendations about when we can take off our masks or resume life as it was before the pandemic, but it doesn't seem to be it's going to be before 2022 at least. And how will I know for sure that I'm immune once I receive the vaccine? Unfortunately, you won't. There just is not enough data to know how long the vaccine remains effective. And as I said a few moments ago, it's uh, possible we might have to have a booster in sometime after September when they start knowing how long it lasts. Or we might, maybe it'll last a full year, maybe it'll last two years. 
nobody really knows right now. And the, um, the vast majority of us aren't going to react to allergies. So if you sometimes would break out in hives, for example, for no specific cause, but you don't experience any allergic reactions, the vaccine would be considered safe for you. But again, talk to your doctor before you make a decision. Now, what do you do if you experience any unexpected uh, side effects? Well, the first the first line of protection always is um, if you have any symptoms that you think that I was telling you about, you know, that are allergic reaction symptoms, the swelling of the tongue, difficulty breathing, hives, etc., um, call your doctor. But second, if you have unexpected symptoms, even if you're not certain they're caused by the vaccine, you also want to report these to the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. And you can probably do that for through, um, through your doctor. And th- there's also a notification. There is a website for that. It's vaers.hhs.gov. But um, that any adverse reactions, they want to have that reported so that they will know. Now, people who have had COVID-19, they often wonder if they should get the vaccine. And the answer is yes, because the U.S. government does not know um, if how often you can get COVID-19. There have been... There have been people who got it back in March and got it again in September. So they just don't know how long the natural antibodies are going to last. And what if the virus is mutating like the flu? Well, we know it already is mutating. Will the vaccine still be effective? Well, the SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, it is mutating, but it's not necessarily making the vaccine not good enough. Some mutations may render the virus less dangerous, as sometimes happens with virus. Right now, the mutations seem to be more contagious and possibly more lethal, Um, but we just really don't know. Now, people have been asking about things like home COVID tests. So if you take a home COVID test and you get a positive result, you most certainly have COVID-19. However, if you get a negative result, it's not definitive because the tests aren't sensitive enough. So early in the disease, when people were asymptomatic, there were so many false negatives. But if you test positive, you definitely do have COVID. People also ask if you just um, are constantly rinsing your mouth, Um, can you still get infected? And yes, mouthwash just doesn't really work. You can, you know, you can be minty fresh, but that's not going to keep keep it out of your nose. And what about immune boosters? Several popular products claim to help boost immunity, you know, mega doses of vitamin C or certain B vitamins or zinc. However, there is no evidence whatsoever that any of these help prevent or mitigate COVID-19. And because they are all water-soluble, in most cases, you just urinate them out within a few hours. Uh, what about vitamin D pills? That's the one vitamin that you know people need supplements or you need more sunshine because most of us don't get enough of it from natural, natural sources. And vitamin D deficiency is linked to higher risk of acute upper respiratory infection. And it's a common trait among COVID-19 patients. So 
ask your doctor about that. You might need like 600 IUs, international units. Uh, if you're older than 70, you might need 800 IU. And then herbal supplements. Well, there's plenty of claims, but no supplement has ever proven effective at preventing or reducing the effects of COVID-19. And that includes garlic, which I love, or echinacea, or elderberry, or any of that. And then there's other things like germicidal lamps. Ultraviolet radiation is a known disinfectant that has been used to clean the air, the water, and hard surfaces. And you can pick up an ultraviolet C lamp that will throw off this type of radiation for about $100 or more at online retailers. But should you? The answer is probably not because a general home use UVC lamp probably won't have what it takes to kill the virus and industrial strength lights can be dangerous unless they're installed with AVAX, um, HVAC systems so that the air is tested. So, you know, all these home remedies aren't okay. I mean, just continue wearing a double mask, wash your hands, stay a minimum of six feet away, although they're actually saying 16 feet away is better. Shelter in place when possible and um, stay away from crowds. And th there's just, uh, let's see, what other thing? Oh, hand sanitizers. Carry a hand sanitizer with you. I keep a big one in my car and a little squeeze one in my purse. Disposable glove. Healthcare workers and those in food service use them. And they're also changing their gloves and regularly using sanitizer. The fact is, is that viruses stick to gloves as well as, as skin. So if you're not careful to swap them out, it's better that you just wash your hands. Um, air purifiers, the HEPA filters, both portable household units and HVAC filters, they're effective against virus-sized mi microbes and can also help filter out lung, um, lung irritating allergens. But while they're going to help, most filters, they cannot circulate an air fast enough to give you protection against covid and ionizers might improve the quality of the air by negatively charging air particles so they don't stick to surfaces, but they show they can be helpful with particulates like air and dust, but not necessarily with COVID-19. So again, you know, sanitize your workstations, uh, kitchens, bathrooms. Um, when you come home, take off your shoes, don't wear shoes in the house, and just be, be as clean as possible and be outdoors as much as possible. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about being outdoors a bit more and what you can do for the rest of February to uh, get your garden in shape. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. I'm coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. And I hope to empower you with more information and get you healthy by getting out into nature. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Be the star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. COVID-19 has taught us anything. It is the importance of treating people fairly all the time, 
We must embrace empathy. We must listen to each other. Scripted words such as, I understand how you feel and I apologize, don't ring true without sincerity. We build loyalty and longevity by caring about our fellow persons, our employees, our customers, our bosses, our friends, our family, and our colleagues. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376. 376 Moraga, California 94556 org. Dare to care You are the star Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. A man travels the world over in search of what he needs and returns home to find it. That was written by George Moore. Like uh, most of us who have been sheltering at home for the past 11 months, Traveling to foreign lands has not been part of my normal activities this past year. And at first, I was so immensely disappointed to cancel my 2020 exotic trips and um, speaking engagements, and especially the one that would have reunited me with my European pen pal, with whom I have been corresponding regularly since I was nine years old. And that's a long time to have maintained a really close relationship across thousands and thousands of miles. But like so many of us, this past year has found me digging even deeper into communion with nature. I have been inspired by its majesty. I have been motivated to respect our alliance with a stronger devotion by spending many, many hours outdoors in contemplation as well as work mode. Now, A week ago, the hills were still golden brown here in California, but then we had a couple of days of rain and a lushness and verdancy have finally appeared. Not as green and lush as years past, but a little bit. Now, February nights have brought increased frost and freezing temperatures, so I had to cover our tender plants with burlap or cloth as protection. But the last few days have been incredibly warm in the high 70s, low 80s, with lots of sunshine. Now, the most necessary garden chore this month is pruning our fruit trees. It is essential to prune 
your peaches, pears, prunes, plums, apples, and apricots while the trees are dormant in winter. Now, sweet cherries, if those are like Bing's and Queen Anne's, they're pruned in the summer because if you prune them in the winter, they're more susceptible to fungal and bacterial diseases. And all other fruiting trees need to be pruned as well to allow for increased sunlight to penetrate the branches. And that will in turn yield higher quality fruit. Now, pruning helps battle diseases while developing a better form for a healthier tree. So you're probably saying, okay, all right, I have a fruit tree. What tools do I need? You'll need a lopper, a hand pruner, a pruning saw, and a long-handled pruning shear. And you might need a ladder if your tree is especially tall, but be really careful when using any ladders and make sure you have a second person with you to hold the ladder. Since it is winter, the the ground could be wet or even uh, soggy, and it may not be level. And you'll want to sterilize your tools with alcohol or bleach mixed with water to avoid spreading any disease from plant to plant. And I just want to reiterate the importance of having an extra person for your ladder. I personally know, uh, I mean, have had two people that were friends who were killed by falling off a ladder. And um, that's, that's just tragic when that happens. Now, by removing any unnecessary limbs, you're going to be able to shape the tree while you'll be able to better provide access for necessary spraying. So the increased sunlight promotes a larger size of fruit, and it'll have a uniform ripening time. An insect infestation and other diseases are reduced through pruning because after a rain shower, and you probably didn't think about this, the limbs will dry out more quickly. So if your tree is just filled with all these intersecting branches, they can't dry. But if you really thin it out appropriately, then your limbs can dry and then the the, uh, fungus and other diseases don't set in. So when you prune appropriately, you're going to have a more beautiful canopy and you don't have to top the tree. The sugar content of your crop is increased with the airflow and with the more sunlight. And the other benefit is harvesting is so much easier. You can pick up a book on pruning to read about the best methods for the various trees that you have, or you could watch online tutorials. And if you feel out of your league, just hire a professional arborist and always gather the trimmings from the ground. Now, when dry, I use the tree trimmings as kindling, or you can shred them for mulch, And if you don't want to do either of those things, you can add them to your green bin for recycling. And although this month is not the time to plant annuals and perennials, it is the perfect time to plant any bare root specimens that include roses, berries, and bare root fruit trees. You can check out the selection at your favorite nursery or garden center. And just follow the directions on the packaging because you'll need to soak the roots overnight. You'll need to do some light pruning. You're going to have to dig a hole appropriately and fill it appropriately. And then by late spring, most bare root plants are established and they start flourishing. Some roses might even bloom the first season, which is really great. 
Now, besides pruning and planting bare root, February is a terrific time to plan for all your season enjoyment and splendor. So recently a delivery was made here by um, a friend who hadn't been to, to my garden since the summer before the pandemic. And his first comment to me was, oh my God, your landscape is so beautiful and colorful. It's like falling into a chapter of Alice in Wonderland. And I kind of shrugged my head. I expressed my thanks for that sweet compliment. But in my mind, I was thinking, whoa, it's winter. This is the ugliest time of the year in my garden. So I had to take a walk through my yard. And I looked at it through a different lens, like fresh eyes, as if I was returning from a vacation as opposed to being sheltering in place and being here every day. Now, sometimes when we rarely leave our cocoon, we fail to recognize the evolution of the cycles of the attraction. And that's what I had done. And as I walked around my property, I saw what he saw. A hillside covered in sweet-smelling narcissi, rows of pink virginia, waves of purple sage, shimmers of calendula, bushes of azaleas and rhododendrons and roses and trees of camellias and groves of ferns and mounds of nemesia, orchards of citrus and crocus and calla lilies and daffodils were popping and soaring, the soaring orange plumes of birds of paradise. Everything was really blooming. So even in the middle of winter, my garden is teeming with entrance and vibrancy. So take a walk around your garden and make notes of where you might need more wit and whimsy. Know where the sun rises, where it moves and sets throughout your landscape. Do you need to add or extend your irrigation? Do you have a favorite color palette? Do you prefer a cacophony of color that is going to be authentically unique to you? And once you understand your wants and your needs, pour a cup of tea, cover yourself with a cozy throw, peruse a multiple a multitude of garden catalogs that showcase bulbs and annuals and perennials and trees and shrubs and grasses and fruits and vegetables and herbs. Research what plants you, that will be best suited for your terrain and your microclimate and then make a wish list of what you want to order, what you want to plant, where you expect to show it. And by creating a calendar of flowering events, your garden can boast attractive appeal all year long. So there are a lot of great catalogs out there. And the general state of happiness is connected to how much you enjoy your home. So within these garden catalog treasures or garden books, you can travel the globe without leaving the safety of your home. So prune, plan, peruse, and dream in February. And happy gardening, happy growing, and happy Valentine's Day. So the single message that I understand from this, these commemorations of February is the necessity for all of us to increase our love quotient. So the times have been tough and everyone's been challenged and people are fatigued. So this month, just share the love in a safe, simple way. It's more than romance. Remember to appreciate, show attention and approval. Maybe offer a compliment, congratulate a success, make a donation to charity. I hope you'll choose Be The Star You Are. And don't forget self-care. That might be the most important love of all. So thank you so much for being with me today on Star Style, Be The Star You Are. I'll be with you every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific help you make your dreams come true and keep you updated on what is happening and how we can stay safe. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. 
see beyond your physical being, know you are already the star you dreamed of becoming, cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And as you prepare for spring, which is just a month away, you might want to pick up the copy of Growing with the Goddess Gardener, which is my book. You can reach it at CynthiaBryan.com, and you're going to get lots of extra goodies with it, including some seeds that you can plant and some potpourri that will add some enjoyment to your room. So go to CynthiaBryan.com. You can also pick up my other books of Be the Star You Are series, as well as Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul. And I think I have a couple miracle moments left in, um, in my library. So do read a book this week because it is like a garden in your pocket. And until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Again, happy love day. Happy Valentine's. Enjoy President's Week and celebrate the Black History Month as well as Heart Healthy Month. Be strong, be safe, be healthy, be loving. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.